You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Alvin and Virginia were institutions. Hi, I'm Joe Iconis. And I'm Jennifer Ashley Tepper. You're listening to the album podcast. And on this week's episode, we're talking about my song, 52. This is unsurprisingly one of my favorite Joe Iconis songs um, and one of my favorite episodes we've done. This number was recorded by Danny Burstein on the album. Also very exciting. Um, Yeah. And there's so much in the song about history and theater and legacy. And um, I think we we hit all those topics. So listen up. Listen up, nerds. (laughs) They both survived some seasons of dangerous weather. They taught me this lesson on how to live they'd say remember remember 52 52 it's a special one it is a special one i always refer to this song as the subject of one of the last fights we ever had (laughs) it was um so how did this song get written take us from the beginning the song was written for a concert Mm -hmm. that was uh produced by jennifer ashley tepper that was held at Joe's Pub. Mm -hmm. And the concert was uh, songs about New York. Uh, Yeah, so it was like New York City or someone who changed New York City for you was the prompt to the writers. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote 52. And the the circumstances around me writing it was that I uh, waited to the last minute because I always wait to the last minute when it comes to a deadline or something. I, I write, I think about things a lot, and then I, it's usually right before I have to hand in the thing, or slightly after I have to hand in the thing is when I do it. And so um, right before this concert, we were doing an Iconis and Family gig at Barrington Stage Company. So we were at Barrington, and I was working on the song, but I, I, it wasn't fully coming, and it was sort of like... This happens to me all the time. I'm, I'm doing a million things at the same time, doing a, this concert, writing this song. And um, and I, I, oh, and then I was doing a Hunter S. Thompson thing. I had to go and do some sort of Hunter S. Thompson like writing thing what, right when I got back from Marianne. It was like a crazy day. And so I ended up not having the song until like hours before the concert. It was literal hours before the concert. And Tepper had asked for the song, you know, a week before or something. It was like, a totally appropriate amount of time that I should have given it to her, and I and I didn't. And well, it was, she was also very mad at me. what was funny was I think part of it might have 
correct me if I'm wrong, been because of what the song was, like the topic of the song, you didn't want to tell me anything about it. Yeah. So like yeah. part of it was that like, you know, it was 12 writers or whatever who writing songs and it was like me as the producer being like, okay, like what order should right. the concert be performed yeah. in and like who should do this and like whatever. And it was like, I kind of hit my wits end of like, oh, my best friend who's doing the concert <laughs> is the only person who's like not submitted his song. It was a very silly fight. We had one fight after this years later <laughs> about um, you asking Bailey to draw frog when we were in tech and those are the last two fights that Joey Connors and I um but anyway no and I think you know but yeah yeah but I mean also that's also the ultimate me where I'm like I'm not gonna hand it in when I'm supposed to hand it in and also I'm gonna be secretive about it because I really want yeah, yeah, you know I want to like keep the secret yeah 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 but yes, I could see on the other side, you were probably just like, he hasn't even done anything. And he's like, he's not, he doesn't care, you know, which is, yeah. yeah. It's hard, it was like a decade ago. Um, it was. Yeah. And then you came in with this song, which like is the song to end all songs for me, the musical theater historian and person that I am. Um, yeah, this is like one of my favorite, favorite songs you've ever written. Um, thanks. And I really, you know, I, obviously you were the person who, who you know prompted the song but it was a song that um i like deeply you know cared about and i and you or you so inspired the song itself like you as a as a person and you know our friendship but just your passions and your you know your um existence as a theater historian the way that you think about theater and the way you talk about theater and the way that you that you communicate your feelings about theater is something that just you know so baked into the song and 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 kind of made it happen. Yeah, this song also, um, yeah, like it appears, I asked you if we could like include the lyrics in my first book, yeah. like because the song is about the Alvin Theater, the Virginia Theater, which are both in the first volume of Untold Stories mm -hmm. of Broadway. Um, and like, I have a framed version of the lyric that you gave me for my birthday one year. It's like on my wall in my apartment. Um, yeah, it's like a song that's taken on a lot of meaning. Um, and it's had like so many meaningful performances, especially the first one, which I want to talk about. But just to jump around in time a little bit, I was thinking so much um, with the 10th anniversary of 54 Below of the moment when um, Jack O'Brien, who's like known mm -hmm. as a director and yeah. like, you know, incredible Tony Award winning Jack O'Brien, asked you if he could sing this in the concert that he he did where he actually like sang and told stories and I was sitting directly in front of um Mike Nichols mm -hmm. and Diane Sawyer and it was like shortly before Mike Nichols passed and I was just like it was just operating on so many levels this song of yours which is about like theater history and legacy and so many things to have like you know all of those people in the room and just experiencing it and it's like one of my favorite 54 below moments yeah yeah me too that was one of you know my songs haven't been covered by people like that all that much. I, you know, obviously I had very amazing singers sing my stuff, but that was like the wildest yeah. thing. It was like Jack O'Brien wanted <laughs> to sing my song. It was, that was so, so incredible. It really, really blew my mind. Um, but that original performance, which um, if I'm getting it right, like you guys rehearsed it in the car on the way home from Barrington. A hundred percent. So yeah, so the song, the performance was me um singing you know lead and then it was uh eric way morris molly hager and jason sweetshoot williams um singing backup and they uh they 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 did it because we we learned it in the car coming home from barrington i wrote the song at reba and bruce's house <laughs> in pittsfield massachusetts and then um yeah and it truly was like I was just like, guys, I need help. I need help. And they were like, sure. And they weren't even supposed to like, you know, do be the in the, they weren't supposed to do the concert. Um, but they all were like, yeah, we can do that. And yeah. they learned the song and they performed it 
in the concert yeah. that night. It's the most like incredible, beautiful performance. Like that video is just yeah. like. Um, really also, nice. it was another magical, mystical thing about the song that like I had never been to Reba and Bruce's house, which is like you know mm-hmm. the center of all activities that go on at Barrington Stage. They're the most like wonderful people, and we later you already had some time there, but I later came to spend so much time there, yeah. um, being at Barrington for different shows. And like when I was there, and you said, "Oh, like you know, I wrote 52 mostly in this room." <laughs> it like put a whole other layer on on the song. Yeah. I also, uh, folks listening on your phones or I guess iPods, if you're really cool and manage to load the album onto your iPod, um, I really like to listen to this song like standing on 52nd Street, like in between the theaters. It's a very like visceral experience. In between, like in the middle of the street. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that, you know. No one's going to stop you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that Danny Burstein agreed to sing this song. What a, like, it's sort of actually similar to Alan H. Green singing 64, where it's like, what a perfect person to sing the song. And like, they hadn't sung it before. Like, what a incredible melding yeah. of actor and song. Yeah, I so I've been a, a very vocal fan of Danny's for many, many years. I just, I just love him. He's just so my type of actor, so my type of, you know, theater personality. I like the way he, you know, conducts his life. I, I just, I think he's so great. Um, he's just given so many incredible performances, and um, and I've always wanted to work with him. Uh, it's never quite you know worked out for him to do a show of mine, and I've asked him to do every concert I've ever done, and he always says no. He's always very nice, but because he's like, I just don't do concerts. That's not my thing. I don't know how to do that, and I, I don't want to do it. And so um, and so I was nervous about asking him to sing Fifty Two because he like he truly it was like oh man I'm gonna this is the song for Danny Burstein. Yeah. And so I didn't know what he would say because he, um, you know, he's just not like a concert guy, which I also respect. How cool is that? Like, I so respect that. He's like, that's not my thing. I don't do it. And, um, and uh, he, I sent him the song and then he, you know, he wrote back very quickly and just said that he really loved it and, and would like to sing it. It's also like he, as a leader of um, the theater community, as a leader of cast of shows that he's done, he just embodies the, the like um, respect for legacy and the continuation between generations that mm-hmm. like the song is about. Like yes. it's such a crazy, yeah. like it, it's like in him. Like yeah. it was, yeah, magical to watch him record it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he, I mean, he basically, you know, he basically is a, a theater. <laughs> it's like <laughs> in the way that, yeah, like yeah. you know, all of these, the the you know the memories. And the people and the the experiences of shows past live in the walls of theaters. It feels like he's done so many shows and he he really does, you know, he feels like he's from another time, even though he's, he's, you know, he's in our time. It's happening right, you know, right now. Danny Burstein is right, is here right now for all of us to enjoy. He, you know, he's just such a man of the theater and has, and has worked with so many, you know, titans of the theater. And he is such a bridge between then and now um, that, yeah, I think it feels really, really, really appropriate that yeah. he sings this tune. And I got to rehearse it with him in his apartment. And I, and I, it's, it's like something that I'll never forget. And also I, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people in this business and I'm usually really good about like chatting with people. Like I've gotten good at like small talk and, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm good at, at like being very sort of like, like straight and chill with people who are either really famous or whatever. Um, but Danny Burstein is someone who I am just like starstruck by. Yeah. And I feel like I turn into 
the 13 year old version of myself yeah. when I'm around. And it's like, I've gotten like, okay at it, but I just cannot be cool yeah. around that guy. I just can't. And I, that's why I want to work on a show with him. Cause then I think we'll have a rapport and I'll feel like, okay, it's just, he's just a guy, he's just Danny Burstein. But I just cannot be, be chill yeah. around that man. I, I'd love him so much. I definitely agree. And that also like, First of all, if I was like hard pressed and had to write down like my 20 favorite performances I've ever seen on Broadway, I think Danny Burstein did two of them. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. his performance as Tevye and his performance in Follies mm -hmm. as as Buddy was oh. just like both. Like, yeah. and I feel the exact same way as you. And I remember when he was in the studio and we all were just like, it's Danny Burstein. And like, yeah. he's obviously like, so he's so chill. He's so down to earth. He's, he's so, so nice. He's so easy yes, to be around. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Cause like, yeah. it's just, and I feel this way also similarly, like they're extremely famous famous people who I could have small talk with no problem, even though I respect yeah, them. But right. then it's like, you put me in a room with Bill Finn and I'm like, I can't even speak yeah, words. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I do get that about Danny. And I think everyone in our Joy Coniston family group who was there that day felt that like, it just was so special to have him be part of it. Like we all just so yeah. admire him. Yeah. And Ugh. also just like to have this, I don't know, the fact that he's saying 52, I think I'm still not over it. It hasn't fully registered. I know, I know. And he, you know, and he is just, I mean, I feel like we're speaking so much just about the fact that he exists and, it's, <laughs> and you know, and how, and how cool that he is, you know, that he is a person walking around who sang the song, but he's just so good. He's like, his <laughs> yeah. performance of the song, it's it's like, you know, he he's someone who does theater. Like Danny yeah. Burstyn is not like fronting rock bands, but he's able to like do this sort of casual folky thing while also making you feel like it's a theater song. Totally. It's such an amazing effortless way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's also interesting. Like I've interviewed Danny about theaters, obviously like for my book, and I don't think he's worked at the Alvin or the Virginia and not that that matters. It, it doesn't, yeah, but yeah, it's like, he, he embodies this thought, like he's certainly lived through epidemics and revolutions, mm -hmm. but like the fact that this song, you know, you could, this song is so specific. It's so like the lyrics are so specific, like, but you could be singing this about, mm -hmm. you know, two restaurants in your hometown. Like you could be singing, yeah. it has like a level of, um, just how places come into our lives and are important that I think it fully matters that it's the Alvin and Virginia and then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, in, in the, in the way that 64 is kind of about the, you know, the, the complicated nature of nostalgia, this is, I think is more about history and legacy and, and, and more about how it's important and yeah. it's, and it's, and it's, it's worth our time. It's also like, it's such a specific thing, the way that something can change its name and that matters. Like that's yeah. so like, yeah. it, it's not meaningless that like, even though the street might be exactly the same the day after the marquee gets changed, mm -hmm. it's a different thing when you change the name. And like this song puts that into feelings in a way that nothing else I know ever has of like, yeah, it was different when it was the Alvin and the Virginia yeah. than it is when it's the Neil Simon and August Wilson. Right. And like people that live in places like New York and people who are aware of the buildings and the places and the theaters around them, no matter where they live, it's like, you understand that that's such a specific element of legacy and uh, history mm -hmm. when like names get changed. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a hard thing to pinpoint or to, you know, articulate because it's like, it is the, the theaters, the, the theaters, the theaters, you know, they're the same basically. And sometimes they get a paint job or they get, a, you know, whatever. And it's, and it, they change a little bit, but they're still the theaters and that's yeah. great, but it's, it's different. It just is. And it's like, and in the same way that we can be like, Oh, you know, I'm sad this 
this show isn't playing there anymore. Or in the same way that we can be like, I'm sad that that guy isn't working the door anymore. We can, you know, we can be like, I'm sad that the names are different. Right. It, it's just different. They come to like bad. represent a certain time period when that was the name. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other, like you said this in the last episode, I think of like, oh, the first time I had a drink with Eric Lloyd Morris and got to know him was at this bar called this mm -hmm. and then Boxers and then it yeah, changed yeah. to The Spaniard. And yeah. it's like, yeah, like the name change sometimes means nothing the next day, but within time it comes to mean a different era, yeah. a different set of shows, different people who work there, a different like mm -hmm. way that the theater around like it's it like the names come to represent the eras they, yeah 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 they mean something yeah it's all, it's all in the song it's really just like i can't believe this song exists and that danny burstein sings it but it does it does and you know i really love the I, i'm really happy with the arrangement of this one this one this arrangement was really driven by ian keggy mm -hmm. and um you know it's i think it's like it's really simple and it's like just enough to me you know the banjo is it, it the the banjo is there and it makes it sound um, it it's it's it makes it sound evocative without it being like you know like a country you know like picking away thing like you, you don't immediately go to you know like backwoods or something it it feels like uh, it feels more like Rainbow Connection or something I feel like with the banjo and then the accordion uh, by Jackie Sanders um, which is just like a little bit you know and it's and it's not like virtuosic or anything it's just sort of chords and it it feels homespun in a way that I think is uh, is appropriate for the song totally for sure and the backups are sung by the the people who sang them originally it's, originally and then the car production of 52 <laughs> yeah the car the, the, the mobile trip. rehearsal studio <laughs> yeah Eric and Molly and Jason yeah um thank you for writing this song thanks for asking me to write it. <laughs> 52. Hey, thanks so much for listening or watching to my podcast. Uh, do me a favor and go to wherever you just listen to or watch this thing and subscribe or like or give us a great rating or review and then head to bpn.fm slash album to find out even more information about this podcast, more ways to watch, more ways to listen and check out my album, Album. Thanks so much for hanging out. Album Podcast is executive produced by Liz Armstrong. Produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kim Garris, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Be sure to visit bpn.fm slash album for both audio and video versions of this podcast and to listen to album. Remember, remember me. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.